0: Welcome to the Elaborate Topics podcast, where we focus on lab specific strategies for medical laboratory professionals. We're proud to be the healthcare detectives that work behind the scenes to get the results needed to influence medical decisions. Let's grow together and jump right into the lab. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Elaborate Topics. I'm your laboratory mentor, for this episode, Taiwana Wilson. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you. We definitely appreciate you listening, and hopefully, you get a few tidbits that you can use in your laboratory. Myself, along with my co-hosts Lona Small and Stephanie Whitehead, hope you find this podcast valuable. Today's special guest, Roger Nutter. Roger W. Nutter has spent much of his career conducting executive search, supporting boards in the recruitment of their chief executive officers, and C-suite executives in building their management and leadership teams. Roger is academically prepared with a bachelor's degree in psychology from Southern Nazarene College and master's degree in counseling and guidance from Marshall University. Roger's earlier career was in human resources, leadership roles, including Responsibilities and management recruitment. In the mid 1980s, he began a successful career in executive search, serving clients for a nationally recognized leader in executive search. In October 1988, Roger founded Nutter Consulting Services, now known as the Nutter Group, with the mission to provide never compromising service to the client consulting engagement. Roger's experience in the primary areas of executive search and talent acquisition enabled him to interface with the professionals in mul- multiple disciplines. Roger is recognized as a trusted and professional advisor in the search process for C-suite and senior-level leadership searches. Roger received the Chester A. Talent Service Award awarded by his peers for his contribution to the consulting profession. Roger has served on multiple local, regional, and national boards, providing oversight and developing strategic initiatives, including participating in the recruitment of key leadership for these organizations. He is a member of the American Society of Healthcare Human Resources Administration, the Consultants Forum, and other regional and national professional organizations. Roger served as an adjunct, faculty at Indiana Wesleyan University, teaching courses in human resources management in both the graduate and undergraduate programs. Roger has published his views on executive search issues and is sought after to address professional leadership on career development and succession planning. He serves his profession by giving back to early careerists, launching their careers to mid-level professionals navigating job transitions, and to senior-level executives considering encore careers, allowing them to contribute their expertise beyond normal retirement. Roger's innovative development of video views has distinguished him among executive search professionals. When Roger serves you, he brings over 30 years of comprehensive and varied experience conducting executive and senior leadership searches. Good afternoon, Roger. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great and I'm glad to to be here.
0: I'm so excited to have you on the show. I know you have a lot of experience in this area in which laboratorians and healthcare professionals are very interested in. So let's just jump right into our discussion today. Can you give okay, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, can you give the lab community a little bit of insight into the executive search process and why a candidate would want to work with a firm such as yourself at the Nervet Group versus applying directly uh, with the company when there is an opening?
1: I certainly will. And first of all, I'll give you just a little insight into my work. I started my career in human resources. Uh, when I was working uh, on my master's degree, and I did a lot of uh, work in-house, kind of starting on the ground floor in HR. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I know from ground up, lab services, because I recruited med techs and managers in the lab way before I started executive search and recruitment. So across all disciplines in the hospital environment, I understand operations, the integration of departments, and that has allowed me to uh, be successful in uh, advisory services to providers primarily, but not exclusively providers, as we do executive search looking for uh, leaders that can work in the healthcare space. So that's a little bit of a background, but... When when organizations seek leadership uh, at the middle management on up to the C-suite, often they have reasons for going outside. Even though there might be uh, internal candidates, uh, they may want to compare them with uh, external candidates. They will want to make sure they have the best candidate pool before they advance someone. Uh, so they will engage an executive search uh, consultant to broaden their ability to bring a large and diverse group of candidates that I would say generally are in the 75th percentile and above of those they might be able to attract if they were doing only the search with internal capabilities, first of all. Uh, Second, uh, the broader the candidate pool, the more likely you're gonna get the better candidate. So we are able to un, uh, turn stone, so to speak. We cast, when we do a search, we will cast our nets broadly on a national perspective, but often we would focus on uh, regional routes a candidate might have, perhaps prior to moving, say, from, you know, if we're in Cincinnati, so say maybe they have roots in southwestern Ohio or Ohio, They might be working in California, Utah, Texas, Maine. So we will cast broad nets across the country to find a candidate pool that's going to meet the client's needs and then give them a good selection um, as they narrow down their list and make a final offer. Uh, Although we're recognized by both clients and candidates to keep them well informed uh, in a timely uh, manner and also – Uh, uh, candid uh, responses and advice to candidates on why they might uh, not meet the client's specifications or why they might not advance in the process. Often when we're engaged in a search, uh, there are internal candidates, so the client wants to put away biases that they might have for internal candidates and I can give you some examples of that but so they want to be assured if they do promote an internal candidate they have compared that person with a strong uh, external client base uh, candidate base so six months after the search is over they're not second-guessing themselves whether they hire an internal candidate or an external candidate okay Often, if you look at sort of an example why they might have qualified internal candidates on paper by degree requirements and perhaps experience, but the internal candidates might have been pigeonholed as being in one position too long or maybe burned uh, bridges in relationships with key people. If you look at the lab, for instance, you know they work closely with nursing and the ED flow. They work in uh, emergency department and also on the floor. So if a, a lab manager that might be a supervisor or a manager reporting to a director, if they burn bridges, a consultant might help them, them being the organization, recognize the person's skills and talents and for perhaps long-term continuity by promoting from within. So... A consultant, like the Nutter group, if they're doing a good job, will then help a client understand maybe they have the best internal candidate in comparison to external candidates, but they might have some developmental needs. Many clients, and most do, have sort of a – they'll preach to, you know, we want to promote from within first. So if they promote – if they're practicing what they preach and what their policies are – then they will then take our advice and do a developmental program from a, for a person who may need a little uh, support in meeting the threshold of the best candidate available. Okay? So um, that's sort of an example of how an internal candidate might not be ready to advance in the job, but we will counsel and guide a, can, a, a client and a candidate to give an advantage or at least consideration to an internal candidate. Second, if a candidate is not quite ready to advance, then we can get a person to come in that understands how to do management development within the lab and succession planning, so when that person leaves, they might be a a later career person in the lab, and then they could move on, and then there would be someone to succeed them as they perhaps retire uh, or you know, leave the organization. Another reason they might uh, choose another group, and working with a consultant or any search firm, for that matter, from the very beginning of the Nutter Group, we talk to clients about wanting to be an extension of their uh, team. So we're right in there; it's part of the team of the HR department or the the administrative office as they might be recruiting a director of laboratory services additionally we have been known to treat candidates just like we would want to be treated if we were a candidate ourselves i call that the golden uh sort of the golden rule approach so in in that regard you'll get uh, kind of straight shooting from us we will be responsible and responsive in uh, returning phone calls, giving you guidance along the way on the timetable for the client when there's delays. If you don't make the cut, we will counsel you, give you some advice on what you might do to improve your ability to advance in the process in future searches, not only for us, but if you're initiating a search on your own, we are, what I will say, service-oriented. We're going to support you and say, give us a call. You know, we'll help you if you're, you know, interviewing somewhere. We may know someone in that organization. We might give you some ideas. We would even say, you know, what questions you might anticipate and help you prepare for, for your own interview. Even though it's not our, uh, you know, that's not our bread and butter. Our bread and butter is organizations like a hospital or health system or a commercial lab hiring us to recruit a key uh, organizational uh, person for them. In this case, we'd be talking someone skilled in laboratory science.
0: Awesome. That was so much value right there, Roger. One of the questions that might come up from candidates, and, and maybe it's kind of one of those things that they don't know, but is there any cost? associated to the candidates for using an organization such as yours?
1: Over the years, I have told people not to pay for advice that uh, they can get for free, okay? So there are organizations that uh, support professionals. For example, you know, you have the CLMA, that supports lab professionals and they have a career center and so forth. In our, in my work, working with, say, if I was doing a laboratory administrator search and we did uh, several of those in the last few years and I just got off the phone with someone today that was uh, just uh, completed their first year and I uh, did a one-year follow-up with her. She's doing great. She likes it. I get to know the candidate beyond a little bit, just on their relate in relationship to the uh, uh, position and my work with the hospital. So I have kind of adv- told her I would help her husband, who's kind of semi-retired. He's now doing consulting to healthcare in the uh, the menu development and so forth for retirement communities because that's his space. But when she relocated from Tennessee to Ohio, there wasn't work for him. So on the basic answer to your question is, historically, we do not charge. However, over time, clients have asked us, because of our approach in working with them, I've had clients come to me and say, Roger, you do so well. We want you to equip our, uh, say, in this case, it was a director of utilization management and quality that had to leave an organization because they were restructuring. So I worked with that individual and helped guide them in the process. The hospital paid me a fee, okay? So they they engaged me to help that internal candidate that they was uh, being displaced to uh, get another position. I did that. It went well. I recently did that with another client. however, uh, we are beginning to look at perhaps offering what I call career transition advisory services where we would work with an individual who's not getting what they need from a, an outplacement service that some organizations provide where they when they're displaced by uh, merger, acquisition, reorganization, and more recently COVID with a, a round of layoffs and furloughs, some people are coming back, some people are not. So we're looking at how we might uh, offer that service with not diluting our bread and butter service uh, as it relates to executive search and recruitment where a client organization uh, improve our uh, or pay our, pay our bills and expenses. So we haven't quite refined that yet, but we are working on that.
0: Great. That makes total sense. So lab community, if you are thinking that you will have to pay in order to work with a uh, executive search firm, uh, then that answer is is no. So want you to know that that is definitely a great option to go. Roger, yeah. what are some and of the projects? I might just
1: add this, when, when you're, if you're going to be in a serious job search, and I, I know we have a list of questions to go through, and I, I know that this will come up, but you just need to determine those firms that you might want to engage with and get in their pipeline, and we'll be talking about LinkedIn and some other things that you do to promote yourself And as we go through, uh, Tawana, if you have specific questions that you want to ask me to dive a little deeper, I will do that. In our service for Career Transition Advisory, we would do things that help provide you an edge in the job search that might include how to update your LinkedIn profile to get more uh, likes, tell you how to uh, dig in deep to the job search function. Uh, for you to find a job on LinkedIn, but what we're doing, we videotape candidate interviews, and for my recent advisory, career transition advisory service for a COO who wanted to be CEO, we actually created a video for him to share with prospective clients and search firms. Say, if you want to get to know me a little bit, Nutter, uh, you're under no obligation to the Nutter group to look at this, so it might give you a, a little advantage for people to assess you besides just taking a look at your resume and giving you a, uh, you know, a once over and not really dig deep. And I'm going to go back to the previous question or previous first question where you said, why would this uh, organization want to use Nutter Group? A lot of times, I hate to say this, but it, it's true, HR people that are reviewing resumes for the first look and even the automated uh, uh, search functions most organizations have to screen uh, resumes through AI, they overlook things because the resume isn't perfect. So we do screening, and a lot of times clients overlook people that uh, they would – we would take to the table because we dig deeper than just what the resume uh, keywords might identify so
0: so Roger what are some of the primary ways for finding candidates for the positions you are recruiting for are you using social media LinkedIn our website how how are you sourcing or finding candidates
1: okay my primary my primary connections these days are people that I have known over the years in the, the various wide range of disciplines in healthcare. So if it's uh, attorneys, risk management, compliance, quality, lab, marketing, HR, I have networks in all those professional associations. So people that are in my own personal contact list or database, when I initiate a search, I reach out to them first. They might be previous uh, candidates for a position, regardless of discipline. They may be uh, former clients. They may be former placements or people that provided references for me for candidates, regardless of discipline. In recent years, probably the last 10, uh, LinkedIn has really become uh, a tool to allow me to you know, identify people that I've lost contact with because of old information, because they've switched jobs. So uh, LinkedIn is a great tool for me in identifying candidates. I've done, for people I might not be able to identify on LinkedIn, I do go to Facebook and some others. We're actually trying to uh, improve our, I'll say, multi-generational attraction to use, uh, use of uh, Instagram and Twitter for uh, recruitment. And then the, uh, the other one is the area of professional associations. Anytime we do a search, we will hook up in a lab search with the, the CLMA. We will look up uh, if we're doing a marketing or uh, public relations search, we will uh, you know look at the American Society of uh, Hospital Planning and Marketing or public relations, if it's uh, philanthropy, the Host- Association of Fundraising Executives and the hospital division has one for their fundraisers. So, a, you know, you name it, we will go to the professional associations web uh, page. We will actually look at their chapter leaders, reach out to them. So we do a very thorough job of identifying candidates because we have time to dedicate to it. A hospital does not have the staff to dedicate the efforts that we do. So again, that's another reason to go after it. Uh, so that's how we go about it and you know we might I'll be suggesting some things to for you to do later as you look at if you're launching your own search totally independent you want to look at LinkedIn, maximize the, the capabilities they have for you there, and other social media. Your professional associations that usually have a career center, an advisory group tied to that. Now they're, you know, they're not going to dedicate their time to you, but they'll give you guidance. And I'm happy to uh, suggest some things to you if you reach out to me on LinkedIn and ask to connect with me and shoot me a question now and then. I would certainly. Uh, Uh, give you some general uh, guidance on that
0: awesome those are awesome tips so make sure you're using your professional societies and make sure your LinkedIn is updated and make sure that you are out networking Roger John Maxwell says good leaders ask great questions what are the four to five good questions that candidates should ask the recruiter when they are participating in a job search?
1: Okay. And one of the things I'm going to hit on a little bit earlier on something everyone should do in a job search is plan. So I, you know, shot through a bunch of questions, and with my background, I like to ask questions and to stimulate candidates' uh Fox, when I'm developing a search specification with a client, I will ask them questions that aren't typical. So here are the ones that I came up with. I made a big list. I eliminated some, but I, as a candidate, I would ask the recruiter whether they're a search consultant supporting an organization in a search, or if they are a in-house recruiter. I would I would ask why was I identified as a prospective candidate? Now, that's going to be a better one for a recruiter uh, uh, that's a search consultant versus someone that's an in-house person because you might throw them off a little bit because you will probably have applied to their database or to their online um, website for them as an organization. But ask them, why was I identified as a prospective candidate? And the, the theory is there, then they're going to tell you what they liked about you as they looked at your resume or they saw your profile on LinkedIn. So that would be question number one. And that next question would be, and this would be whether it's with the consultant representing the organization or if you've advanced in the process a little bit and uh, you have an opportunity to ask someone this question. What drives the culture and leadership leadership style of the organization? Because uh, you want to know if you're going to be able to work there. It's sort of a two way street. An organization wants to know you're going to be a fit for them, but you want to know it's going to be a fit for you. So you want to get good responses to those questions. You don't want want you don't want someone to just say man, you look good on paper, your education. When you ask the question, why was I identified, you want to know yourself well enough to when you they respond to you, this is why we looked at you as a person we wanted to get to know more about. So that's why you asked that question about prospective candidates, you know, why they identified you as a prospective candidate. You don't want canned answers. You want to know that they took the time to get to know you because recruiters and in-house hr staff overlook stuff same thing with culture if you're interviewing with someone and you ask them that question what drives the culture and leadership style of the organization you want to know that they're being genuine in the response if you studied their website you know what the mission statement is you know what the value statement is depending on how they respond their silent pauses you might be able to say, gosh, you know, that person's not really telling it to me straight, or I'm concerned that they're not telling me to it straight. And as you advance in the process, you need to evaluate, is this a culture I can work in, or is there incongruency of what's on the mission and value statement in relationship to what I'm being told? Because a lot of times mission statements and value statements are – you know, made in a room with a lot of people, but they're not supported in actions and culture from an operational standpoint. And the other thing you would ask, number three, why is the position available? Well, an easy answer, someone was promoted, someone moved, uh, but when you get those answers, it's good. Why did they move? And sometimes it would be with a spouse, a promotional opportunity, retirement Whatever, but what you want to look for in their answers is anything that would relate to uh, issues of poor performance, non communication, uh, lack of credibility, because it could be inherent that the person left on their own because there were issues of their boss or the culture of the organization or not being able to make changes that needed. They needed to make to make their department better. So look at what's said about why the person left and dig deeper if you have to. And then I would ask, what are the key goals the successful candidate will be expected to reach during the first year? And if they begin to answer that in a forthright way, what are the, you know, do you see, you know, We start this and we're, you know, this might take three to five months. This one we can do in, you know, two months. One of of the goals might take a year. So just have them tell you realistically what are the key goals that you're going to have to make uh, progress on as a candidate to be seen as successful. And I've talked a little bit about internal candidates. I would always ask, are there internal candidates? And I get that question a lot because internal candidates are in throw well if internal candidates are being looked over and are good that's an indication that there's dysfunction systemically between HR training and development succession planning advancing candidates internally with a preference so if there are internal candidates you know you know how good are they and I've seen clients who say, interview these candidates, and they're good, and they haven't even addressed their developmental needs sometimes if they're not ready for the position. So if if there's internal candidates and the client is advancing them, I will, as a search consultant, know if they're not advancing them, it would be an indication of One department, i.e. HR, doesn't know what another department is doing, i.e. lab. So if you look at the organizational leadership function that's usually headed by HR, if there are people that look like they're qualified but they're not ready, somebody didn't communicate. So that's why you asked that question. There are others, but those are five.
0: Those are great questions that we should be asking. Thank you for sharing those. With today's current uh, landscape and uh, pandemic, everything is being done virtually today. So what tips would you give to a candidate to prepare for a video or virtual interview?
1: Okay. First, I would say uh, research and prepare. Uh, Research and preparation is even more important in the virtual world because if you blow it, you have less chance to recover from a bad first impression than you would if you were on-site. Usually an on-site interview, you might go to HR for a screening, they'll tell you who you're gonna be interviewing with in the department, what uh, interviews with peers you might be having. But if you blow it on the first time, on a virtual interview, you're gonna mess up. So you learn about the organization, you can look at the website, see who the leaders are, the key players in administration, maybe community, look on LinkedIn, who's who, who do they know that you know, Uh, did any of them go to the same university you went to, Uh, find out through LinkedIn that you might be connected to someone that's there. Then you can engage in conversation that's meaningful. You also want to learn about their competition whether it's in a lab arena, who are the big lab uh, players from a commercial standpoint, what hospitals are doing, are there opportunities to still develop lab business from a reference lab? I know hospitals, uh, labs that are doing things for vets. I know hospital labs that are doing things for long-term care, physician offices, school systems, and so forth. So just learn enough about the community and the competition that you're well-informed and prepared, okay? That's one. Second thing to do for virtual interviews is to stage your surroundings. You want to stage your surroundings so that the lighting uh, shows well, shows your face, Uh, the background is either uh, uh, blurred or a, a canned background of... You know, it's going to look nice. It's not good to have window shades in the back where light's coming through, an open bathroom door or kitchen door or dogs barking, all those things. When I'm interviewing someone someone on video, uh, Skype uh, or or in person, I will say I like to have what the newsroom view is. So you want to sit straight up in the seat. If you're using a laptop or a desktop where the monitor will – Angle, angle the monitors and do a test run before you make the call. put Put it down so your head comes right to the top of the screen. And if you look at news anchors and reporters, their their head's usually right at the top. So I'll, if you think of that, it's kind of a bust, so maybe from your uh, just below your chest to the top of your head, so you get your shoulders and maybe part of your uh, you know biceps there up to the top of your head and that's a, that's what I call a good screenshot newsroom view. Uh don't be uh underdressed or overdressed, but dress for a k the occasion. So historically I've you know been wearing coats and ties, but over the recent years, probably the last 5 or so, I might go in in a jacket and tie and be overdressed so I'll take my jacket off if I'm in an organization hang it on the back of the chair but it would be better to be overdressed and underdressed but you know you might wear a lab jacket Uh, you know uh, I've had guys wear uh, you know shirts and ties I've had guys wear jackets and suits for lab administrator searches Uh, and if you explore your client uh, you can uh, website and things like that, you'll probably get a feel for their level of sophistication. Uh, I go into hospitals, uh, especially in smaller communities, they're much more casual, uh, sometimes in polos, uh, sometimes in just uh, uh, open-collared shirt, sometimes with ties, but a lot of the uh, leadership might have um, a tie that they would put on if they were having someone come in that they needed to have a tie on, but it's almost corporate casual five days a week and not just on Friday. But dress for it, okay? Next, don't specifically discuss compensation, but respond candidly about questions they may have on compensation, but don't get into the compensation trap where you're saying what you would like to have. You don't want to rule yourself out or... Uh, you eliminate yourself because someone thinks you want more money than you need. But say something like, I want something competitive for the position and the market. Some We used to, uh, and we still get a lot of information from candidates as it relates to compensation, but many jurisdictions will not even, it's not even legal to ask about your compensation. So, um uh, for example, I live and work in metropolitan Cincinnati. In Hamilton County, or no, in the city of Cincinnati, you cannot ask about compensation. But I'm in Warren County, and so I can ask about it, but I don't. We used to have it on a form that uh, we took that off because we do work in other states, and you know, California and many states have had uh, made it illegal to inquire about compensation. So, I think the best thing to do is that you know say something like, "Well, I'm exploring at this point. i uh, I know what my value is in my market. I would like to be paid competitively for the position and responsibilities. I want to advance in my what I earn, but I would be expecting a competitive salary for the position and the market. And in preparation for that, as you get closer to a job decision, there are uh, websites where you can calculate salary. So I will both work with the client and the candidate if I think compensation is going to be an issue. So uh, I will look at salary calculator for on two different sites, and I'll say, well, the person's moving from Tennessee to Ohio. You know, what's it, what's the differential? So I can then guide the candidate on what that may look like and i will guide the client on what they may need to do to get a candidate that they really want if they're going to have to pay more than they than what they had paid someone previously in the position okay so you know just do the compensation salary dance very uh judiciously uh always ask about what are the next steps in the process to be prepared uh, You know, searches can drag on a long time for very many reasons. But you want to have someone telling you what's the next step, what do you need to be prepared to do, whether it's a search consultant representing a client opportunity or whether it's an in-house recruiter. We will always tell it to you straight. Some people don't. They don't get feedback. But if you don't make it through a process with me, For whatever reason, I want to come back to you and you're going to trust me. So we're going to tell you what's going on. But whoever you're working with, you want to know what the process is and you want to know when you will have updates and you want to have regular communications. You don't want to um, wait and wait and wait for feedback. That's not a good sign. Also, I see uh, as you think about interviews, The better you know yourself, the easier you're going to reveal things about you that the client wants to know. Maybe it's things they can't ask you, but if you know yourself, strengths, style, uh, your weaknesses, when I ask the question about weakness on an interview, I will say, not what is your weakness, I will say, if you were making New Year's resolutions today today, what would you say you would would be on your list that would make you better at your work so that makes you think and we don't want canned answers but if people can take a pause and then reveal what they really need to do to be better it might be something a uh, a supervisor had told you to do you needed to do better it might be something you'd learned to a, a, a assessment uh, device on skills and competencies, just know yourself and how you get there. We have a, a, you know, talk about what people need to do to give themselves an edge in a job search and go to people close to you and tell them to tell you why they like working with you. Ask them why they, uh, uh, how you've made a difference in the work environment They can tell you things that you might not recognize that would indicate what your good strengths are, what your skills are, how you've made a difference, which are accomplishments and achievement, but they can also tell you, you know, how could I have been better, then you will know, and then, you know, verify that with other people. But that's going to help you advance in a search process if you know yourself and can easily talk about who you are and what you've done.
0: Awesome. That's awesome. And so in our last few minutes together today, what would be the best advice that you would give a candidate who might have been displaced and back in the job market, or maybe they're looking for, uh, this is their act Two, and so they're looking to change careers, but what would be your best advice that you would give candidates today?
1: Okay. I have some bullet points here. First of all, it's would say don't panic and be positive. A positive in your approach. If you're interviewing for a job and you've had a bad experience being displaced, don't de- convey that in an interview. So don't panic. Be positive. Next, plan on it almost being a full-time effort to do a job search. Commit time daily to uh, specific schedule activities to advance your effort in the job search. And those key things would be uh, researching the kind of jobs you would want. Most people aren't open to relocation, but if you really want to be serious about getting a job and not being uh, unemployed for a while, you want to be willing to relocate because your op- opportunities are going to open up. Then if you're going to relocate, where would you want to locate? Okay, So pick, pick out where you would want to cl- locate if you have a... Uh, you know, significant other, a spouse, a family, if you have older kids, say, you know, if we're going to move, we're going to move. Where do we want want to move? Then target employers in those organizations, research them on LinkedIn, explore their websites, and follow up on a regular basis, okay? And then I say another thing to do, have a friend join you on the journey, they can be a sounding board. It might be a mentor, an old supervisor, a college friend, someone that's close to you that you drink coffee with. It might be a spouse, it might not be. But what your mentor advisor, sounding board could do, you could play that off a spouse or friend to get affirmation if, if they're, you know, you need to have someone to guide you and encourage you through the journey because it, it's going to be hit with ups and downs. In a search process, you know, when I'm working with a client, I know when they tell me they don't like a candidate I really like. That's sort of a downer for me. But I know I'll rebound because I I can always get other candidates. But I can tell when candidates are deflated if they don't don't advance in the process. Uh, And sometimes good candidates are not advanced for whatever reason. And I've had candidates not advance because of they look too much like someone else or whatever. It's sometimes it's not good reasons clients would you know kind of stop the candidate in the process. But you know you still need someone to kind of encourage you and go over those hurdles you have when you it's like you're hitting a brick a brick wall. Another thing to do, use the resources uh, that you have in your professional association. I mentioned the CLMA. There might be other places you hang your hat. If your university you went to, uh, maybe a later a master's program. Sometimes colleges have decent career centers. I would say that would be unique if they do, because I see a lot of career centers not really doing what they need to do. That's another story. Uh, well, I talked about identifying your geographic preferences. That's very important uh, because. Uh, the wider your geographic preferences are, the more opportunities you would have. Next, explore non traditional healthcare organizations. Those of us in healthcare over the years just thought we could go to work in a hospital or a long term care system, what have you. But there are so many other opportunities out there besides just healthcare organizations that want to hire good healthcare people. So healthcare is in three sectors. You have your provider, your payer, and then your supplier. And on the supply side, you have Cardinal Health, 3M, uh, I I mean, there's, you know, Honeywell. You know, air conditioning company now has consulting services to hospitals. Of course, you have your reference lab that's sort of on the uh, supply side or vendor side. So look at vendors that might be hiring people with your expertise. So that was uh, what I had on my bullet points for the, for those things. Twana, it's back to you.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Roger. Those were such great tidbits that the listeners could definitely get benefit from. So, Roger, how can the listeners get connected to and stay connected with you and your work that you're doing at the Nutter Group?
1: Uh, here's what I would encourage you to do. Reach out to me, say, on LinkedIn, ask to connect with me. Say I was on the webinar with, uh, uh, with the Elaborate topics uh, guest and I was part of that and and just connect with me shoot me a question if you have it Uh, whatever it is I will respond to you Uh, one of the things I would say is and that's when working with me uh, but as you follow up with prospective employers with recruiters uh, you know be considerate of their time I've had someone say you know Call me or email me every week and say, listen, I said you're acting desperate. You don't want to be desperate to me, to a recruiter. You know, some of us that are good are going to give you our time because that's what we want to do. So uh but just be thinking about that. But I think the people on another team would be very happy to uh help you in any way they can. So but it's something to consider.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Roger, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to give me the opportunity to interview you and learn more about the executive search process and share it with the listening audience, so it was definitely an honor and a pleasure to have you on as a guest.
1: Okay. I'm very happy to do it. Maybe we can connect another time.
0: That would be awesome. Awesome. So thank you, listening audience, for tuning in to another episode of Elaborate Topics where Roger Nutter shared with us the importance of utilizing your professional associations and maximizing your LinkedIn profile to name a few things in regards to your search process. There are some critical questions you should ask. You should ask why were you identified as a candidate or or even how you were identified as a candidate. What drives the culture and leadership of the organization? Why is this position available may give you insight into uh, the organization and the job opportunity. And key goals for successful candidates uh, that they expect for them to reach in the first five years. Are there internal candidates? One thing when you're doing your search for jobs is you should plan and commit time in your job research. And make sure you do your research. So do your research and stay active and engaged and follow up your job search process. If you are interested in being a guest on this podcast, please fill out the guest interest form on the directimpactbroadcasting.com website up under the contact page link. While you're there, you can listen to previous episodes and leave comments on any episode as well as check out our other podcasts on the network. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast platform, and check us out on YouTube up under the Direct Impact Broadcasting channel. Please share with the laboratorian who would benefit from hearing from this interview. And this is Taiwana Wilson signing off. Join us next week in the lab. And until then, have an amazing day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Elaborate Topics where your hosts discussed relevant strategies for laboratory professionals. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and listen to us on directimpactbroadcasting.com. Stay tuned for another episode with information you can use to excel in your laboratory career.